just like that, we're going. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode of the High Button Podcast is brought to you by ProLineStadium.com, Atlantic Canada's home field for great sports betting. The latest ProLine offer is here, and you can earn up to $50 in tokens until December 4th. Spend the amount of $25 or more on a single wager at ProLineStadium.com for November 14th to December 4th and receive a $10 token that can be used for ProLine Soccer. A total of $5 tokens can be earned during the promotion period. That's up to $50 towards ProLine Soccer. Tokens earned must be used by November 30th. Get in the game today at ProLineStadium.com or download the ALC app. Must be 19 years of age or older. You know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. A Wednesday podcast. Get you over the hump. That's what High Button Sports, the High Button Podcast, that's what we're here for. We're here to get you over the hump with a good, excuse me, great podcast with a good friend of mine, Sean O'Brien. Sean is the father of Liam O'Brien, who is in the NHL playing for the Arizona Coyotes. And he recently just got back from the father's trip uh, with that team. I think they went to Nashville, Carolina. There might have been another team chucked in there on the road. Um, It looked like an amazing trip. Arizona Coyotes did a fantastic job on their social media covering the father's trip. So us folks at home here in Atlantic Canada got to see uh, some of the shots, some of the videos. I know Sean did a speech before the game doing the opening lineup uh it looked awesome so i'm excited to have sean he's back here in halifax it's going to be a great episode i'm justin this is the high button podcast here we go you know what comes next Sean O'Brien, welcome back to the show sir thank you very much for being here Yeah, thanks for having me you- it's, it's, i was happy to get the nod Oh, of course. You've had a busy, yeah. uh, busy couple of weeks uh, here. So whenever we see you on the, the internet and to know that you're a local guy, you're coming back home, I had to reach out and go, okay, we got to get some stories yeah. out of this individual. He put that picture up and it generated a lot of interest. And uh, I, I don't know how I should, I don't know whether to thank you or curse you for all the text messages I got. Oh, but, did you get a, oh, people? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, a lot of, you get a lot, you get a real nice following on social media and you broadcast that and, uh. You know, I go into the likes and I just see, it's like a walk down memory lane for me. <laughs> so whether it's direct messages on Instagram or Twitter or emails or text messages, yeah. it created a flurry of uh, activity for me as well. I, I I don't know whether or not to apologize or no, just, no, I, I, sometimes I forget that uh, that it's like that, but no, yeah, we, no it's well, great. Arizona did a great job of yeah. covering the fathership. Can you turn the headphones down just a bit, Jeff? Mine on the left one. Arizona. No, not there. Yeah. Arizona. Arizona did a great job covering the father's trip, like the actual social media team. Yeah, they have, uh, you know, Kelsey Grant is a team photographer. A little bit. They've closer. got a they've yeah. got a videographer that travels with them. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they're they're there every step of the way. As I was saying earlier, off off mic. Uh, I tr- I was trying to stay out of the camera <laughs> as best I could, but I didn't have a whole lot of success. Um, but they they're there to capture the moments of the players, and uh, in this case, the dads, and share it with the fans. Yeah. And uh, they're trying to grow the game in Arizona, and uh, I think their social media platform is a big part of it. Absolutely, yeah. Well said. I never thought of it from that perspective because yeah. there is kind of a stigma about Arizona. But if they can show another side that look, the players are loving it, why not show it yeah. as much as possible? The one thing I'll tell you, and I, I get a lot of questions from people here and hockey people about you know the stigma playing in a college arena. 
I guarantee you the narrative around this team is going to change. It's already changed internally. Yeah. But you, you see how they're competing. They're they're doing better this year than they they, they were expected to. The players love it. Um, it looks like the arena is going to get an audit. It passed council last night. It's going to go to a public vote in May. But this is going to be a destination for NHL players in in the future. I have no doubt about it. Yeah. Have you ever uh, had a conversation with uh, Mr. Doan? Uh, no, I haven't no? met him. I was hoping to. Um, Liam certainly has. Yeah, and uh, you know he's 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 a grassroots guy. He played there, of course, and uh, still involved with the team. Um, his son's drafted. His son plays at ASU, which is kind of cool. Um, but uh, all reports are that he's as classy in person as he is in his on on ice persona. Yeah, it seems like the interviews I've seen him, and he yeah. seems like a guy that just wants to help and just yeah. bring hockey to Arizona at a, at a bigger level. Yeah, and absolutely. his son's the captain. Yeah, of, his son's the captain yeah. of the uh, Arizona State team. And that home opener, I stayed up late to watch that. Uh, what's the name of the rink? Mullet, Tem- the Mullet Arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone had I thought the it was a joke when I saw it at first. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> well, I, I was watching it. I was like, this is incredible. Like it yeah. was, it was an event. It was a great. Yeah. It was awesome. I've not been, um, but Liam says the energy is terrific the ice is terrific obviously they're still building out the nhl infrastructure for the arena that's hence the the long road trip yeah um but they're not going to be fun to play against in that barn no that team's well, been yeah. built to play in that arena and uh i think uh they're going to enjoy it they're going to they're going to embrace it and uh and uh you know generate some interest in the market uh, with the, with the outlook of having a team that when it moves into that new arena is going to be a team that's going to compete for a playoff spot and then some some fans might get upset at me here but you don't even have to answer this but Matthews you know, did, did you hear any rumblings no I didn't Nothing? I, okay. I think there's a natural connection there because he's from the area uh, a couple of the guys on the team live in his house no way yeah um, <laughs> I think they enjoy that yeah I was gonna uh, say. I don't see Matthews you no. know in areas I don't think you're going to see Toronto let him slip yeah. between their fingers albeit Toronto is a real tough market um but I think you know Austin's likely to stay a leaf for a long time fair enough how uh, early in the year did you know about this trip the father's trip uh I got a call you know Liam sent me a text maybe three weeks prior saying dad I think this trip's going to happen expect an email and then about two weeks before, you know, we get the flight information and a uh, week before I get the itinerary. So I was excited. I had an opportunity uh, back, I think it was 2015, Liam was with the Caps and they were playing at the Winter Classic and I was planning on going and uh, he got sent to Hershey just before the trip. So I got the, the Winter Classic jacket and the jersey <laughs> and everything, but uh, I was uh, pretty excited to, uh, to get the opportunity to go. Yeah. Well, being a father, it doesn't matter if your son's in the NHL or if he's just going to a road trip to PEI. There's a sense of pride of knowing that's my son out there playing and yeah. getting to travel with them. He, obviously, it's a bit different when you're going to Nashville, Carolina and seeing these great stadiums. But just having a sense of pride as a father, that must have been a treat for you just to see all of Liam's hard work pay off. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was certainly a lot of pride. Um, and for me, watching him live, uh, he belongs there. He's... Uh, He's earned a spot on that team. He plays a, a meaningful role. And um, it's nice for him to be in a situation where he's he's on the roster. He, he contributes every night. And uh, he's a big part of the club. Absolutely. Yeah. I saw him on the second line for the past week yeah. when they're posting on social media. Yeah. Yeah, he's playing uh, with uh, Jack McBain, who's a 
kid that's from the Toronto area. I worked with his dad a number of years ago, Andrew McBain, who was a hell of a hockey player in his day. And then Christian Fisher, who's Chicago-based, uh, now lives in Scottsdale year-round. The four, the three of them, uh, they play hard. And uh, they, they bring energy. They're often up against the other team's top line or their top six. Yeah. Um, their plus-minus is respectable. Uh, they're killing penalties. And uh, you know, they, they provide a lot of energy. What is it about your fathership style that allows well, Liam, at least I know, to be loved by the fans, by people within the the organization i'm sure your other children as well are have great personalities but what's your fathership uh <laughs> style in order to to raise these kids like this uh, i don't know if i can take credit for it you gotta be um, a little there to the mic there oh, yeah. sorry I, I don't i don't know that i can take credit whether it's a fathership style but i i think um the one thing susan and i have tried to instill in the kids is to be appreciative to be courteous and uh and to invest time and energy. Uh, and Liam has done that. Uh, Rowan's done that. Kate's done that. Calm's done that. Um, they've developed relationships because they're good human beings and they care. I think the sports really aside, you know, Liam just, he has a platform because he's a hockey player, but uh, regardless of what he's doing, I think he'd have a similar effect on the people around him. And uh, I think maybe he's, he's, you know, the kids have learned that to some extent from us, but, um, you know, they, uh, their, their, their feet are on the ground and, um, you know, they've, they care about people and, uh, I think people feel that. That's awesome. Well said. I, I had a question about, uh, well, you've been around the game of hockey your whole life, but the, the pro game, it's a whole nother level from what I've heard from the outside looking in, but yeah. you got to be on the inside for this past yeah. week. Is there anything that, uh, surprised you? during the 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 trip on being on the inside you know technically you're yeah. in the nhl for that week you just yeah. weren't on the I ice like but you know, leader, yeah. you know was there anything that you went wow yeah, i didn't there know. was uh i have been involved in hockey my entire life i was thinking about it on the way over i got my first hockey jersey when i was two my godmother used to take me to the voyagers games up at the forum and i played and coached and scouted and and worked as an agent yeah, yeah. for my entire adult life and uh I thought, you know, what, what, what experience can I have that I've not had before? I've been to the NHL draft on the draft floor with Noah Dobson when he was taken in 2018. So I've had some pretty cool experiences. I would say this one surpassed everything um, and surprises. Um, I was surprised at the amount of staff with the team. You know, they have somebody that does everything. You know, you've got the, we mentioned the media. You've got the team manager. You've got the coaching staff. You get the skills coach. You get the strength coach. You've got the sports nutritionist the advisor. The nutritionist travels with the all team. All with the team. Yeah, they have a chef that travels with the team. Um, I was shocked that you know when you get on an airplane. <clears throat> excuse me. You think you know? You remember riding the bus in junior? You'd have the the coach would be in the front, the assistant coach would yeah. be off to the side, then the the trainers and the manager. Um, you get on an airplane with an NHL team and the first 10 rows are staff, you know? <laughs> so that was, I was surprised at the, the volume of people. And Liam said, this isn't the full crew. The media have had to take their own flights because we had to make room for the dads. Oh, so the aircraft was full and, uh, it was, there was a lot more people there, the team and, and male and female, um, you know, lots of diversity, which is great to see. But, uh, there's a lot of moving parts behind the scenes, and that was that was an eye opener. Wow, 
The food was a surprise. <laughs> oh my Put God, on a couple pounds or what? Like these guys, <laughs> these players are getting weighed, I don't know, every three or four days. Are they? And uh, they're talking about it over dinner. Like, should we have the dessert? Are we getting weighed tomorrow? You know? And I'm like, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm having the carrot cake. But, you got carrot uh, cake on the flight. Oh, oh my well, you God. get on the plane and there's hot hors d'oeuvres waiting. You know, we get on and there's meatballs and there's tacos and there's chicken legs and like that's just waiting and Liam's like dad don't get don't fill up too early you know <laughs> I'm thinking you know I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my share already <laughs> you bring and in all of a the menu comes <laughs> and uh you know there's two appetizers two warm entrees dessert um they have these uh Dave's famous bread peanut butter jelly sandwiches I didn't have one but the boys are like this is a staple on our flights but uh, the food was a nice surprise. You know, you get up in the morning at the hotel, and they've got a private room with everything you want and more. Um, we we had dinner at a couple of restaurants. We ate like kings. Um, and then you get on a plane. We, we go from Nashville to Raleigh, and it was the same thing, just a different menu. You know, it was like flying five-star first class. Yeah. Um, it was terrific. That's so that incredible. was a surprise. The other thing that was a surprise is the science behind the hockey. So the players get on, on, on the plane, and they're, they're each given a bag. And I see Liam's got this bag, and I'm like, what's that? And he opens it up, and it's a one-page summary of, of you know, his uh, nutritional requirements for the week. You know, here, the bottles of, of supplements. Take two of these at 10 and take a couple at, at two and take this one and that one and – and then from a dietary perspective, an outline of what he should eat and what he shouldn't eat over that road trip. And that's something I've never seen before. Yeah. Um, but teams are taking you know nutrition and, and the science behind nutrition very seriously for looking for a competitive edge. And that was a, that was a surprise to me how, how serious they're. I, I, I would think even five, six, seven years ago that, that wasn't prevalent in the NHL, but it certainly is today. They have it down to a science. Yeah. And every, every player has a plan. You know, every player has deficiencies, um, and they address those deficiencies. Uh, everything's measured. Um, they know whether you're eating or whether you're not eating. How do uh, they know that? I think they're, they're, tests, they're tested regularly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and they're weighed regularly. So that was the big one. Some of the guys, you know, Liam's body fat's, I think, pretty – it's not a concern. Yeah. A couple of the more heavy set guys are like <laughs> – yeah, you know, we got two days cake. to wait. I might have to hit the bike tomorrow before I get on the on the scale. But, wow. Uh, yeah. So it's so okay. So it's interesting how they're being weighed and they're being tested on a regular basis. That that I wouldn't have thought that. I thought if you're on the team, you're on the team. Great, go work hard, have fun, and win hockey games. Yeah. I didn't know that they were always getting tested. That's interesting. Yeah. The other thing that I was pleasantly surprised about is is they have fun. You know, they uh, they work hard and they play hard, and I think that's a big part of an underrated part of the game, you know, you've heard the expression, play guilty. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes in any, you know, you've heard stories of, I remember Tampa a few years ago playing for the, the, the Stanley Cup. And uh, you think the night before a game, you're home in bed early. Well, these guys are out partying until two o'clock in the morning. Now, I didn't have that experience on this trip, but I will say on a night off, um, these guys like to go out and have a good time. Yeah. They're also very well behaved. Um, and I think that's true with most hockey players is they go out and there's no bravado. They're, they're not showing off. They're understated. They're there to have a good time. They're respectful. They treat people well. But, um, yeah. 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 This team loves to sing karaoke. 
<laughs> so on the night after the Nashville game, um, I was still recovering from Sunday night, so I didn't make the trip to Tootsie's on, on the Monday night. But <laughs> the rumor has it that uh, the band stopped and the karaoke machine made its way to the, the stage. <laughs> and the Coyotes uh, had a great night of karaoke with the locals and uh, had a lot of fun. That's incredible. Yeah. I'm glad that you're saying they're having fun because those guys are living the dream for, you know, guys like me and Jeff and you that wish we could play in the NHL. Yeah. So the fact that they're, you know, having fun, that brings a little bit of a joy to me, knowing, okay, yeah. at least there's someone there that's getting to enjoy it and not just well, thinking think that, it's work, work, you know, work, work. You know, you, you ask NHL players, you know, give advice to kids. And one of the things you hear over and over again is you got to enjoy the game. Hmm. And I think it's true. You know, you, uh, it is a job uh, and it's, it's a rigorous schedule. Uh, but you got to inject fun. And uh, if you're having fun, it, it feels a lot less like work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Other surprises? Um, I was not surprised, but, you know, the, the, the quality of the people, the quality of the dads. Um, we've all been on teams where you've got, you know, a player or a parent that, you know, takes up a lot of energy. Uh, we didn't have that. It was a really, really high, every player that I met, every parent that I met, every staff person I met was of the highest quality. And uh, that made me feel good as a parent that, to know that my son is in that environment. Yes. And contributes to that environment. But uh, it's obvious to me uh, as an observer that culture and the quality of the people in that organization is really important to the, the foundation of it. It's, I like how you say that because when you do, you know, I never thought of it from a son perspective. Like your your family is in Arizona doing a job for a living surrounded yeah. by, you know, millionaires, people that yeah. have money, people that have influence. And for you to sit here and say, oh, no, everyone there is, is, is just trying to win a Stanley Cup. Everyone there is trying to be the best version of themselves. That's yeah. cool. That's cool to hear. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, I wouldn't say, wouldn't put it in the surprise category, but it was, uh, I was surprised at the ex the the quality right from top to bottom. Like everybody was there um, for the right reasons mm. and uh, supportive of each other, caring of each other. Mm. Did you, um, I don't know if this is a fair question. I think it is. But did you see any characteristic differences in Liam from now to like maybe two or three years ago? Now he's a full-timer. He's there. He, he's not concerned about his job. He's there. Did, did you see any differences in him, and maybe in his confidence and his way he carries himself, anything like that? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I would say yes, I, have seen, I, I do see a difference. I think the difference, and I wouldn't say job security. You know, he's got a two-year contract. But you know, he, his, his mentality, he gets up every day with the, with the mindset of, i got to earn it today. Okay. There's no days off for him. Um, so I don't think he's comfortable, but there's a, there's a confidence to him that I've not seen. You know, when you're an American league guy going to the NHL, um, uh, you never really feel part of the team. Even if you're there for an extended stay, you're, you're not, you know, etched into the roster. Um, but I think the big difference for me in this case is, you know, he's, he's, he knows he's part of the team and that he plays a meaningful role. And, um, you know, he's, he takes on, a, you know, I had a number of the dads, the dads of the younger players say, you know, Liam really went out of their way to his, out of his way to make my son feel comfortable or to help him find housing or show him the ropes or, you know, um, he's that guy, you know, he's that glue guy that glue we guy. talk about. Yeah. Um, you know, um, so yeah, he, he, uh, I think the one difference would be that he, I think he feels like he's, he's home. 
That's that's a nice feeling. Yeah, I think there's a, a sense of uh, being settled there that he hasn't had in the past. That's probably one of the hardest things of being a pro hockey player. Is yeah, moving from town to town. In fact, he just got married as well. He has he got a wife now. In you know, he's it's, got a lovely wife, Adela. Yeah. Um, they bought a house. Oh, did they? Yeah, they that's bought a real awesome. nice house in Scottsdale, and I think that's a change too. Like he's lived in apartments and hotels for for all of his pro career. Even last year in Arizona, they rented a condo. Mm. Now to have, you know, a footprint there, a home where they can actually renovate and live. And when he comes home, he feels like he's home. Mm. Um, I think that that's a difference as well. That's awesome. Good for you too. Hopefully there's a spare bedroom in there there's for you. a couple you. spare bedrooms, A couple yeah. golf courses around. <laughs> Lots of golf courses. Lots of golf courses. Yeah. yeah. That's I awesome. I went down for a golf trip with my friends last February. And, uh, and then my wife and I went down in March. This year we'll go down again in March and uh, might squeeze in a little golf. It might avoid, of course, you got to. It's expensive, though. Is it? Yeah. I was surprised if you're there in peak seasons, which, you know, those months are peak seasons. March is peak season for well, the north pe- People from the north are going down to the warmer climate. So for them, it's peak season from a tourist perspective. So it's it costs you no less than 150 US. We had one course, I think it was 350 US to play. I would have uh, thought with the more courses, the lower the rates. I think, yeah. Yeah, you could play like a municipal course for 100 US. Yeah. Um, and they're not great. The, you know, the high end courses are expensive. Well, you got to keep the, the grass green there in the desert. Yeah. It costs money to yeah. keep them. Lots of irrigation costs. Yeah. Yeah. Never thought of it from that. Is it, is it a, it's a dry heat in Arizona? It's a dry heat. It's, it's a dry. Beautiful. You know, it's sunny most days. Um, that was a cool experience too, going to the arena. We, I didn't go in shorts, but I could have. You know, we went yeah. went to the uh, their practice facility on the Sunday morning. And um, it's warm, you know. It, it feels like going to the Forum in July, you know. And uh, as, as Canadians, we're accustomed to going to the arena with our winter coat on, where there the players, you know, for a good part of the season can go in in summer clothes or or, or lighter lighter clothes. So it's, it's it feels different. Yeah, absolutely. I bet. Yeah. I wonder if that would be just that might be a distraction for me. I just want to golf. Yeah. I guess it, if you're playing hockey, though, maybe not, but. In warm climate, like living in LA, living on the beach, and you're seeing yeah. surfers all day. Well, I think they're 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 off times different. You know, instead of going home on the couch or shoveling snow, they're on the golf course playing golf, or they're they're catching a local event, or they're you know hiking up. They do a lot of hiking. A lot of the players are. Oh, yeah. you know, there's a lot. It's a mountainous area, so you know you've got these. Um, you know, it's it's really flat, and then you have these mountains that surround uh, the Phoenix area. Okay. So a lot of the players live up on these these areas, but they also love to hike in that area. So it's, it's okay, great. pretty cool. Well, what is the time off like in the NHL? Is it as often as I think it is? Obviously, I look at the game schedule, but when it comes to practices, are they on the ice every day? I think um, the coach coaching staff are managing that. I think uh, the day of the game day skate is, is, is quite normal, particularly when you're on the road. Um, but I think they look for opportunities to give them a day off. I know last week, I think they left Sunday. They got home Friday night, Saturday. They played in Detroit, and I think they had two days off. But they may go seven or eight days straight without any time off. So whenever there's a bit of a break in the calendar, they play again Thursday. Uh, I know they give them deliberately a couple of days off just to to charge, to you know, to spend time with family and friends and their kids, um, get some rest and uh, take care of their bodies. Absolutely. 
Yeah. When you were on the trip, it was uh, Nashville, Carolina. Was it back-to-back, or was there a day in between? There was Sorry. a day in between. There was yeah. always a day in between. Yeah. I wish you were there for a back-to-back, just to see the sense of urgency of trying to get to another city yeah. really quickly, and like the room set up and stuff like yeah. that. But there was a day in between. There was a day in between, yeah. So they, they, all- they, you know, we got to Nashville on Sunday afternoon. Uh, they played Monday night. They, they skated in Nashville Tuesday morning after the game, and then we flew to Raleigh Tuesday oh. afternoon. Okay. So they had Tuesday night off. And then they played in Raleigh Wednesday night. That's cool. I, I've heard in the NHL, like, trainers really help each other when it comes to equipment and when it comes to ice time because everyone's on the road so much in the NHL, yep. obviously. It's cool to hear to say, oh, no, they just practiced in Nashville after before they hit the road to Raleigh. And they could keep their gear there overnight. Talk about t- having a couple of days off. The trainers need the days off probably as much as the players because they're they're responsible for transporting the equipment, getting the room ready to go, get the players ready to go, break everything down, and then transport it get it ready to go on the airplane and they do there's a camaraderie camaraderie amongst the trainers in the league and they they help each other you know when they're coming in and leaving i heard players really help out with the uh the training staff as well like if it's a dinner just pick up the tab for the yep. trainer i heard there's a huge amount of respect for the people Absolutely. that take care of their equipment even the, yeah. the massage there well, I, I think you know you played junior i i coached with jimbo and junior and you think the most important guy in the room wasn't the coach it was breaker the trainer the guy that was most beloved would have been Breaker the mm. trainer. You know, Break's still down and so sure. Is he still down there? Yeah. He'd uh, never come on here. Um, yeah, no, he probably that. wouldn't. No, no, not a chance. <laughs> but wonderful guy. And, you know, those trainers are, um, they play a huge role. And the players appreciate them. And, uh, you know, the objective of the trainer is to prepare everything for the players so that they don't have to worry about anything other than play. Mm. And, uh, you know, they they their efforts are not, not unnoticed does the name uh, Robbie Verker ring a bell to you he's my captain in junior a for the Lions and it was the first road trip I was 17 he was a 20 and uh I just overheard him he was like four guys ahead of me getting off the bus we were stopping at Irving yeah and he's like breaker like what do you bag of chips yeah. what do you want and that was my lesson oh yeah that's how you do that okay yeah. I'll never forget that yeah. lesson yeah we got Scotty Boggs from Halifax who's the head trainer in in uh with the New York Islanders and he learned under trainer, uh, under breaker. So it's uh, yeah, because we had their old jerseys at the Lions. Yes, the old that that's right. that makes sense. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there's not just a you know, uh, we we're, we're not just developing hockey players, but we're developing hockey people. You look at the coaching staff that come from Atlantic Canada, um, and you look at uh, the people that are involved behind the scenes. Um, Scott Boggs would be an example of that as well. That's great. Yeah. Um, World Juniors. You have tickets. I don't. I uh, I put my name in a lottery, and uh, I won tickets, the right to buy tickets in Moncton. I decided not to, uh, although I will be the agency that I've been affiliated with. Um, we've got some players playing, so I, I suspect that I'll be at the Metro Center or Scotiabank Center Metro, um, sometime between Christmas and New Year's to walk, catch a couple of games. Do you have any memories from the 2003 World Juniors here? I was too young. Like I, I have a couple memories, but do, do you have any memories from the city and, and how much it was buzzing back then? It was buzzing. Yeah, yeah it was um, It was cool to walk the streets. I remember being at the Cheers one afternoon and the players are there. And and uh, I don't know if the players are there, but the, you know, the team group was there. And um, I remember, I think it was Getzlaff walking around. And it just... There was a there was a buzz to the city that I hadn't felt, and the city embraced it. And okay. I think that's why it's back. You know, if you think of, you know, if you had to put a name on the the greatest World Junior Championships of all time, Halifax would have to be in the top 
couple and and the hockey community loves to come to the city you know it's a city that fights above its weight in terms of restaurants and amenities um, but it's a city small enough that we wrap our arms around these kind of events and uh, it's going to be interesting to see see what the city looks like you know over that period of time next month or yeah. this is it coming, December next? No. It's coming soon. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be exciting for sure. We're uh, from a business opportunity for us. We're excited just to be outside and talk to the fans. We applied for media passes, but yeah. we just don't know if that's our bread and butter, like interviewing the players. with. The, I don't know. We're, we want to experience more of the fans. Yeah. So we're excited just to see some of the traction because you know how Twitter can be. Oh, if you yeah. get a viral video, someone you know yeah. with a couple hundred thousand could retweet it. So I don't know. We're excited about it from, uh, from the high-button sports standpoint. Yeah, there'll be lots of... You know, you think of all the scouting staffs will be here. Um, fans from all over the world will be here. There are a lot of families that, you know, part of their Christmas uh, uh, tradition is to go to the World Juniors. And uh, we'll be inviting people from all over the world here over that period of time. So I'm sure standing outside on the street and interviewing fans is going to be interesting because it'll be an eclectic group of people that you'll you'll get a chance to interact with. Yeah, that that's one of the biggest challenges with street interviews is finding areas where people want to talk. We always yeah. go Spring Garden. We go Dalhousie Campus. High traffic areas. High traffic areas. Yeah. But now all we have to do, okay, let's just park outside Scotiabank <laughs> Center and let them come to us. If you're holding the mic and a camera, it'll... Stand out in front of the corner of the Midtown. Yeah, well, there you go. It's right yeah. next to it. Or yeah. Dirty Nellies, either one. Yeah. We'll just stand and it'll be great. Um, yeah. No, it'll be sick. What's your plan for Christmas? Are you going to be here? Or Obviously, Christ the World Juniors is yeah, are here. Yeah, the plan for Christmas is is quiet. You yeah. know, we, uh, I I like to be at home. You know, my mom's still alive, so I want to spend time with her and mm. the family. Um, obviously, Liam's not going to be able to come home. But um, plan for Christmas is, uh, is low-key, yeah. and I look forward to that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's been a busy, busy couple of... Yeah. Last Christmas, we all had COVID. So we didn't have Christmas last year. Our Christmas took place on New Year's, basically. So uh, it made for a very subdued Christmas. <laughs> this year, uh, we're looking forward to uh, a more festive holiday. Yeah. I think that's a little bit part of the recipe with the, the World Juniors. People want to get out. People yeah. want to... Yeah. But I love staying home, too. I'm not a huge fan of... Yeah. Traveling, like, we contemplated going to Arizona... And my wife, Susan, might still go down. Um, they're, they're playing in Florida around New Year's. I don't know that they go to Florida, but if there's a window of time where they could go down for a few days and, and see Adela and Liam, I think they'd do that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to opt out of that. And I'll wait until the New Year before I do that, but uh, we'll wait and see. How often does that conversation come up with you and your wife about, oh, okay, Liam's playing in New Jersey. That's a two-hour flight Like when he's on the <laughs> East Coast. like How uh, often I, does I, that I come a great up? Story about so last year, it was a Thursday night. And they're playing in New Jersey. And when they when they when they go to that market, what they do is they stay in New York in Manhattan, a beautiful hotel. I forget the name of it, but it's spectacular. And then they'll go to Long Island and they get a day room in Long Island. So the bus goes to Long Island. They do their game day skate. They stay at a hotel in Long Island for the afternoon. And then after the game, they go back to New York City. Okay. Then the next night, you know, two nights later, they go to New Jersey. They do the same thing. They do their game day skate. They stay at a hotel in New Jersey. Then they come back to Manhattan. So it's a Thursday night. We're at home. We probably had a couple of drinks. <laughs> and they're in New Jersey. And I look at the schedule. And I'm like, they're playing at Madison Square Gardens on Saturday night. I think we should go. 
<laughs> and Susan's like, yeah, I think we should go too. Wait, sorry. When was this though? When did you? This, this did, is like, the Thursday. Before, and they, like, yeah, they're, they they're play playing on Saturday. Thurs, yeah. They're playing in Jersey on Thursday. They're playing <laughs> Madison Square Gardens on Saturday. And Thursday night about 11 o'clock, I've got this great idea that we're going to New York City. <laughs> so I schedule the flights. I buy Broadway tickets. I get the hotel booked. Wake up the next morning. And I'm like, Holy shit, we're going to we're going to New York City this weekend. <laughs> the drunk purchase, I oh, love yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say it was completely. It wasn't drunk, but it was you know, well lubricated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we had a great time. You know, we uh, unfortunately uh, Air Canada, our flight was delayed, so instead of getting there early morning and catching a Broadway show, we got there late afternoon, and we were in a hurry to get to the hotel and to the rink. Uh, we got there, and MSG is just a mecca. It is. If you've not been, it's something you've got to put on your bucket list. Um, walk in the corridors there, the pictures of the Muhammad Ali fights and the concerts and the the events that have taken place. Susan and I have been there for a couple of concerts in the past. But to see a hockey game there, um, the fans are terrific, uh, high energy. Uh, and Liam scored a goal. Oh, did he? Which was really cool. That's awesome. a chance awesome. to see him score in uh, – in, in in Madison Square Gardens. That's sick. Yeah, I've heard it's crazy. I heard you just don't want to drive there. Don't no, you, take... you, yeah. There's really no need to. Once you get on on the on the island of Manhattan, you want to either take subway or or a bus or a taxi. Yeah, you don't want to navigate the city by car. Yeah. What a great experience! I never thought of it from that perspective either. If in New York, yeah, you play the Islanders, you play New yeah. Jersey, and they did you they play just, the Rangers. They did that trip just a few weeks ago. So they, uh, you know, they land in, in in New York City, and then they played three games over, I think, a five-day period. Okay. Yeah. Did, do you know if it was strategic for the father's trip to do Nashville, Carolina? I think, that- you know, I, I think they looked at the schedule and thought, okay, you know, what, what games make sense? And um, you also, Raleigh is somewhat central, you know. So I think the last dad's trip was in California. I know San Jose was on the schedule. Okay. Um, I think this this trip was designed specifically because a two games close to close, or close, you know, one day apart, and uh, Raleigh is somewhat central for people to get back home. Okay, nice. Yeah. So I got to ask, how did the pregame speech come up doing the <laughs> the, the the starting oh, roster? Wow. How how did you get roped in there? Well, it's funny, you know, we. Uh, yeah, you know, we meet at the hotel. We're getting on the bus to go over to the arena, and we we pull into into the arena, and uh, it's you know it's quite a these arenas like you get on a bus and you you feel like you're modern day cathedral. Yeah, but it's you know you're in the bowels of the arena, and it's just cement and concrete, and and we get off the bus, and the team man, one of the ladies, Erin, uh, who who's one of the managers, she says, uh, "We'd like you to do the opening." you know, the starting lineup in the dress room. And I thought she was joking at first. I'm like, you got to be kidding. That was my inside voice. She goes, are you willing to do it? And I said, absolutely, I'll do it. And all the dads were like, you're going to do it. You know, are you nervous? They thought I was going to be nervous. I wasn't nervous at all. Was there any confusing names? I'm trying to think of some last names. Bukestad. Bukestad. Yeah, I, I didn't get confused with the names, but what I didn't know is I didn't know the roster ahead of time. So if I'd known who was starting, that was my first question is, do you know who's starting? Yeah, okay. Because I want hometowns, I want nicknames, yeah. I would have had some fun with it. <laughs> but I didn't get the starting lineup until I walked into the room and Corey Stillman, the assistant coach, gave it to me. So I didn't have much time to prepare. You but, killed uh, it. You knocked it out of the yeah, park. It was, uh, I couldn't look at Liam. Like I, I was like, 
I'm an emotional guy, so I go in. I'm all business. You know, I get all worked up. You just say, Liam, you're starting. <laughs> Fuck it, let's go. You're starting. <laughs> I was going to scratch the left yeah, winger, put yeah. Liam in there, but he wasn't in the starting lineup. But, uh, um, yeah, the, I think the players enjoyed it. Uh, coach and staff got a kick out of it. Uh, players wanted me. Apparently, the players wanted me to come back for game two in Carolina, but the coach is like, hey, hey this is my room, you know? <laughs> I'm joking when I say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game two, we were in the uh, hallway you know, high five and the players going on the ice, which is pretty cool too. That's great. But, um, yeah, it was a thrill to do that. What a know? treat. What yeah. a treat. It, it, all, great for the NHL. I know all the other, other teams do this, but like what a, they don't have to do this for no. you, like, but they do it. What yeah. a, what a treat. What an experience. Yeah. They do it for the mothers as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. The moms, awesome. will get, yeah. The moms will get a chance to go next year. You know, the dads laugh. We said, let's have a vote. See if we bring the moms in next year. Yeah. The dads all put their hand up saying, no, oh, we're going to bring the dads back again. But, <laughs> I think the mums trip will be uh, on the docket for next year, and they deserve it. You know, they the mums deserve it as much or more as the dads. I suspect the trip will be have a little bit of a different tone than than with the dads, but um, equally fun and rewarding for the players. Absolutely, that's true. You guys work hard, or not you guys, but we all hockey parents in yes. general. Just yeah, cold, yeah. cold rinks. The sacrifice, you know, the um, heat in the car. Yeah, heating the car up, preparing meals, doing homework, um, taking weekends. You know, staying at the Super Eight. You know, there there was a there was a time Susan and I and the the kids we lived in Montreal for five years. We came back to Halifax, and then there was two years we spent in Toronto. And I remember finding this desk calendar, you know, like your teacher would have on her desk, and it was the month of March. Yeah. And on Sunday nights we'd sit down, maybe have a glass of wine. Yeah. And we'd say, okay, let's look at the four kids' hockey schedules and figure out the logistics for the week, you know? So I find this desk calendar in the month of March, I think it was 2007, we averaged 20 trips to the rink a week. A week? You're in Toronto, we're both working, the four kids are in school, and we had, you know, the four of them playing, and and whether it was practice, game, private sessions, uh, uh, Rowan had a goalie session, you know, a gym session. We had 20 hockey-related events a week in the in the month of March, and not just for one week. That was that was the norm. So we'd come home from from work. One would be going one way. One would be going another. Another manager would be picking a kid up. The kids would be doing you know their schoolwork in the car because in Toronto it would take you an hour to get anywhere. Uh, we'd be eating on the go all the time. Um, it's demanding and it's it's a huge sacrifice uh, for everybody. Oh yeah, everybody. Yeah, we're, we're staying in a lot of hotels now with this job, and I remember times where I'd be like, you know, we'd be out on a Sunday, and you know, let's drive home after Sunday, and I'd be like, or no, Sat, yeah, Sunday, and I'd be like, Dad, can we stay in the hotel yeah. Sunday night? And I'm yeah. miserable now as a grown man. Just Sunday, you know, I want to go home, and I yeah. couldn't. My dad, you know, God love him, he'd, he'd be like, yeah, all right, fine, let's stay, even yeah. though he know he's making me happy, but inside he's miserable, and just knowing those little sacrifices my old man made just to make me yeah. happy, it, it's. Uh, you realize yeah. them. Yeah. You know, you're you're staying in a lot of, you know, low you know, half star hotels. Just find a room somewhere. Crappy right? breakfast and and uh, you know, pulling the kids out of the pool. Boys, you got a game in two hours, time to get out of the pool, <laughs> yeah, you, you know. Got a game in two hours. <laughs> or you're playing uh, you know, hallway hockey with the kids. You go home <laughs> with knee birds, you know, it's like it's uh it is a sacrifice. Yeah, you know, we look back now and we miss it because it becomes your life, you know. It, it aside from your work, you know, the the commitment to hockey becomes your social life. So our friends and the people we hung out with were hockey related, mm-hmm. 
And then when you move through that, and now we're on the other side of it, you know, you, you look back and it wasn't all just work and sacrifice. There was a hell of a lot of fun. That's a lot of, uh, a lot of joy. Dude said this once we were, uh, it was a Sunday. I don't know where it was. We were kind of miserable. We were on the last stream. I think we did 50 streams in three days and we were sitting there and we were, some of us were complaining like, Oh, let's go. And dude said it, he goes, boys, let's, Let's not complain about these streams and this work because if we complain, these moments won't happen again. Yeah. So ever since that, I think it was this year, we just don't complain. It's let, let's enjoy this. Let's have fun. Embrace we're, it. We're, we're making a living in hockey. Let's just yeah. let's keep going with it. So I always try to think of that moment when yeah. work gets tough. You now know what? What podcast is this of yours? Is it four, four eighteen, four seventeen? Yeah, good for you. It is what it is. Yeah, you guys are. Uh... Your commitment has been outstanding. I remember when it started. I'm like, good for you to get it started, but to keep persevering and to keep plugging away and yeah. having it build and grow is, uh, you know, special. Yeah, it is. It's, it's yeah. a lot of, uh, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of stress, but it's fun. It's yeah. it's f u n. It's a great time. <laughs> After this, I'm going to the Scotiabank Center. I got to call Kelly Saunders, the yeah. Zamboni driver, and like I got to the relationships. I think is what it is. It's sure. Well, there's it's an element the of trust too. Like, you know, you think of Nate coming in here in the summer. That's a big deal for you. Yeah. Uh, but he comes here because he trusts you. And because I know Sab. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, he, but I get gonna, that. But yeah, yeah. But he's not coming here for any other reason other than he trusts you. Fair. He's going to get an opportunity to tell his story uh, in a respectful way. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a really, really, really nice uh, living, I guess you could say. What's on the agenda for uh, the rest of the week, Sean? Work, you know, I'm uh, so busy. I've got a full time job. I wish I could just be a full time hockey dad, but uh, I got a job to do, which I enjoy very much. Um, hockey's a nice outlet for me. Uh, I'm doing less and less work in hockey. Um, I've I've enjoyed it, but it's time for me to do other things beyond that. Um, so I don't have a whole lot of hockey on the docket. We've got got a couple players I'm advising now, and we've got you know trade period coming up with the Quebec League so we've got some conversations around that but other than that um, just work and and I'm I'm looking forward to being home this weekend as much as I enjoyed being away um, I'm looking forward to being at home and uh, starting to get ready for Christmas and spend some time with the dog and I've got I've got dinner with Jim Bottomley and his wife on Friday night so I'm looking no forward way. to that yeah we might be streaming the Liverpool uh the dojo the junior B Atlantics okay. and he's yeah. uh, the owner of Liverpool right. the privateers so put in a good word for us yeah I will awesome yeah no that uh, no there's going to be some uh, great hockey around here during Christmas time and it's great to to hear that you're still somewhat involved in the, yeah. in, the in the hockey so it'll be fun for you on the family side and hockey side yeah absolutely wicked well the Mooseheads they have a chance I, you know what, I, I, I've watched Halifax play a couple times this year. Uh, they've got LaRue back, who's a, a big player for them. You know, they make the acquisition of Lawrence, which he's a, you know, he's a game breaker. He's got great speed, high skill. Um, you know, they've got real good back end. I really like Furlong. Yeah, um, I like him too. He's a kid that I watched in Bantam that I like a lot. He's a great skater. Um, I, I, I think they've got a good team. You know, I've not watched Quebec Ramparts. I don't know how strong they are. Is Ross still coaching them? Uh, who Patrick? Patrick? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. And he's the GM. He is, yeah, yeah. Still heavily involved. He's uh, Patrick's one of a kind. Oh, you've met him, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got a great story about Patrick, actually. <laughs> um, Liam's draft year, um, it was 2010, and at the time, the two teams that were most interested in were Ramuski and the Quebec Ramparts. 
and Ramuski was coached by Clement Jodouin, who coached here and played here, I believe. Okay. Clem went on and coached in Montreal for a number of years. He's a teacher, you know, patient and and uh, very soft spoken, a real professor of hockey. The other team was was the Quebec Ramparts. Okay. And Patrick. So we had an opportunity to meet both teams, and, and Liam was in Lévis, Quebec, playing in the Telus Cup, and we had an opportunity to go to Patrick's office, and Susan and I, and meet Patrick, and get a tour of the facility, and I'm in awe, because it's, <laughs> it's Patrick, why, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he's in the old uh, Marcel Obu's office, which would have been the general manager's office of the, of the Nordique back in the day, okay. so it's got the shag carpet, and the dark wood, and old school, but really cool. And, uh, you know... We're talking to Ramuski and we're talking to Quebec. And what was interesting at the time was that the Tangay family, which is a big furniture fam- furniture store family in Quebec, had ownership in both programs. So at the end of the day, it was like, you know, if, if Ramuski wants you, great. If, if, if you don't go to Ramuski, you know, we'll take you in Quebec. So we had two great opportunities. Um, but then Susan had some questions of Patrick. You know, and as a parent, sending your 16-year-old away from home, is uh, is a concern. It's not hockey related. It's more about the extracurricular activities. And let's just say that uh, Patrick's response wasn't what Susan was looking for. <laughs> so in the end, Liam get drafted by Ramuski, no. and uh, he he jokes that every time he got on the ice, you know, Patrick would be like, "Hey, Liam, say hello to your mom." You know. <laughs> and uh, there's one time we were up in Rouen, and Liam was playing in Rouen at the time, and and Patrick was there. And he, he knew us. He remembered us. Yeah. And uh, he was good enough to sign an autograph for Susan to give to one of her work colleagues. Oh, Jesus. Um, but he's a classy guy. He loves the game. You know, yeah. and he, he's done a good job there. Um, and when you meet him, you can feel that there's an intensity about him yeah. where, you know, if you're a player, you know, you feed off that. And he's, he's done a great job there. And uh, I got a lot of respect for him. Yeah. Whenever Quebec comes to Halifax, it's, it's, must, it's, it's must watch hockey yeah. because he's in the building. Yeah. He'll do anything to win. Yeah, it's one of those he's type of things. Competitive. Yeah, um, even you know behind the bench, he was ultra competitive as a goaltender, but um, he's carried that intensity, that competitiveness into his his junior team, and I think that the players benefit from that. That's been a, you know, if you think of the the foundational programs in the in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, Halifax is certainly one of them. They've demonstrated that. Quebec would also be one where. Uh, He's done a heck of a job there for a long time. 100%. And a city like Quebec, they love their hockey. They do. They got a great it, facility. Yeah, the Verdun. Well, their Ver- new, uh, the new, I think it's Pepsi yeah. Center, the new facility they built that's... Next to it, yeah. It's, it's an NHL standard. Is the, Pe- I don't know what it's called. No, Pepsi's the old one. Pepsi's the, the new one. one, I'm pretty sure, is called the Verdun Arena. Eh, Verdun's a city. Yeah, it's not Verdun. It, it's but something, it, but no, it's it's, it's an NHL-sized ring. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's uh, built to NHL standards. Is the Pepsi still there? Do you know? It was there the last time I was there. Um, they're really they share a parking lot. I don't know if it's still there. I I've not been to Quebec in a number of years now, so I don't know. Oh, I remember playing there in the Quebec tournament, and you're looking at the top stands, and it's I don't know how people would walk down them. It oh was yeah, they're straight. Steep. Yeah, straight down. Yeah, terrifying. <laughs> yeah, and you could smell it. Those old drinks and the oh, smell. Yeah. Centennial has the smell. Yeah. It just like those old drinks have the, the smell. smell. The form has the it's smell. A great smell. Civic still has the smell. Yeah. I hope they never knock that place you down. Think of the, think of the line from Apocalypse Now. You know, the, there's nothing like the smell of napalm first thing in the morning. 
there's nothing like the smell of a Halifax Forum first thing in the morning. Yeah. You know? 6 a.m. You could barely tie your <laughs> skates because your hands are so cold. Yeah. You're just getting, oh, yeah. It's a, it's a thing. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know whether it's a combination of spilt beer, old cigarettes, and Zamboni fumes, but it's a beautiful thing. They keep it clean, though. Like, it's a, oh, it's yeah. a well, well-kept yeah. uh, building, but that smell will never leave. No, no. Same with Centennial. I play there uh, Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays at noon. Yeah. That same smell from when I was 12 years old trying out for that AAA team. Yeah. The anxiety comes back. It's... Whoa! It feels like September right yeah, now. Exactly tryouts, but no, it's yeah. uh, it, it's a it's a special thing for sure. Yeah. I, it, you said you weren't in the new rink in Arizona. Is, no, I didn't no. get a chance to see that. Um, I, I'd like to, you know, when I go back in, in the new year, I'll, I'll definitely get a chance to catch a game. Yeah, uh, but the arena is right in right on the campus, so I don't know what the student population is, but you imagine a, a, a you know a, a campus probably five times the size of Dalhousie. With an NHL, well, with a five thousand seat stadium in the middle of it, um, there's a there's an electricity to it that uh, the players are really enjoying. Does Liam say that there's like a, a, a student, like a, a student fan base? Like, do, is there a lot of students that come? Well, I think there's 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 a component of the arena that they've dedicated to students at reduced rates. Yes, um, you know when you're running an NHL team with a five thousand seat capacity you got to be mindful of of revenue so i think there's an area dedicated to students they've, they've got the band you know playing <laughs> um yeah so it's it's got a bit of a college feel to it uh but there's you know the most of the arena would be occupied by fans paying yeah. paying the nhl premium for seats i think it would be really cool just to see some of the best players that close up i think there's a, there's a really cool aspect to that size of an arena yeah it's Imagine, intimate you know it's intimate you know you're you're uh you know, the one thing I would say, being in Nashville and, and Carolina, I, I love both buildings. Um, I've been to Nashville once before, but it's really interesting to watch a game in a non-hockey market like Nashville, where everybody's really enthusiastic. They love the rough stuff, um, but you can tell that they don't always understand the hockey plays, but they just, they're all in. You know, they love it, and the energy was terrific. And Nashville was the same thing. It felt a little different in Nashville, but... Um, Maybe because we won there, yeah. but uh, real good energy. Fans were really pleasant to us. You know, we got a few heckles from the crowd, but for oh, the yeah, most yeah. part, um, they they knew we were there as dads, and and they were really accommodating and, and kind to us. That's great. Yeah, I wonder if it would be the same if you went to like Philly or something. Probably not. Yeah, probably yeah. not. It doesn't even think, matter. I would think Philly would be uh, not as accommodating, not as warm, <laughs> welcoming. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, the great facilities. Awesome. And, you know, I, I've been to some games in some pretty cool arenas, um, Montreal being one, probably my favorite. Uh, Pittsburgh's cool, too, but Montreal, just the, the history. Oh, yeah. Um, Toronto's nice, but it's very, it feels sterile to me. Um, but yeah, Boston's terrific as well. But MSG would be my favorite arena to watch a, an away game. Really? Based on the experiences that I've had, yeah. MSG. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the history there. Yeah, when you're saying like Muhammad Ali, all that stuff, walking in there for the first time must have been cool. Well, you know, MSG is is a hockey arena, but it's more than that. It's you know, it's it's a venue for world class events, whether it's boxing, whether it's concerts. Um, you know, the the fact that it's right in the middle of Manhattan, um, it's it's just the coolest place. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll make you a promise. I'll get there one day. Susan and I saw Lionel Richie there a couple of years ago. We oh, went yeah. down just before COVID, I guess, the summer before COVID. And you know we 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 planned the trip just to 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 go, and then we 
let's see what's playing. You know, we saw Billy Joel one night and Lionel Richie the other. And I was excited about Billy Joel. I wasn't so excited about Mariah Carey and Lionel Richie until we got there. And we were on our feet for the whole time. We no. had, we had, it was the best night ever. That's sick. So, yeah. Doesn't Billy Joel sell that place out like once a week? He does a he, month. He does a month. I think he does a monthly show there. So one, 12 a year. Yeah. And it's special. It's it's quite a performance. I bet. And uh, I'd seen Billy once before a number of years ago. But to see him play more or less at home in New York yeah, City. Yeah, because he's from Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, yeah. pretty special experience. There, did you see his last show? I think it was the... Mets old stadium that they tore down, the MetLife Stadium might have been called, right before they tore it down. Did yeah. you see the footage of that on YouTube? I did, yeah. And uh, who who flew in from the Beatles? John Lennon. That's no, right. not John Lennon. Uh, Rest in peace. Uh, Paul McCartney. Yeah. Flew in last second, cleared the runway for him. Guys on a flight from London. <laughs> he got a police escort right to the stadium. Yeah. Jumped right on. It was. The, it's a cool documentary. Yeah. Billy for Joel. My first, my first Billy Joel concert. I was still University of Acadia playing hockey. We didn't make the playoffs. And, and the night we lost was like a Monday or Tuesday night of March break or reading week, whatever they okay, call it yeah, now. Yeah. And we're in the room and we're like, oh my God, like we planned on, on playing and now everybody's left campus and we've got nothing to do. So three buddies and I, four buddies and I get in a car. One of the guys had his mom's car and his mom's credit card. <laughs> we got in a car. We said, let's just head south. <laughs> so the plan was to go to Boston. We get to Boston. We said, let's go to Carolina. We get to Carolina. Let's screw it. Let's go to Florida. So we end up in Florida for five days. Mom's and uh, one of the things that we found when we were in Florida is that Billy Joel was playing at the Orange Bowl. What's the Orange Bowl? Is that Florida Gators, right? Florida Gators, Florida Gators football. football yeah, yeah, okay. So we think there's no chance of us getting tickets. We go to the go to walk up the morning of, and we get tickets like on the on the uh, on the floor of the stadium. And Billy came in on a helicopter that night. And the first song he played was uh, that song about Saigon, the helicopters that start the, the song. And he comes down. It was eerily dark. And the helicopter comes over and he comes down on a rope no. and plays that song. It was unbelievable. No. Yeah. Pretty came cool. down on a rope from a helicopter yeah. to start the show. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know you're doing all right yeah. in life. Miss, I, <laughs> good morning. I forget what the song is. Something Saigon, but it was unbelievable. I guarantee to end this podcast, there'll be a Billy Joel song fading us out. So Sean, I want to thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for sharing these stories. That was awesome. I know a lot of people since I posted that picture, uh, wanted to hear how the trip was. So it was fantastic. And I hope uh, other parents behind me get the same experience. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Uh, Merry Christmas. I hope I see you at the world juniors. You will. And uh, everyone listening. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast Wednesday, hump day, work hard, have fun. We are out. Peace. Thank you. Slow down, you crazy child You're so ambitious for a juvenile But then if you're so smart Tell me, why are you still so afraid? Mm-hmm. Where's the fire? What's the hurry about? You better cool it off before you burn it out You got so much to do And only so many hours in a day Hey, hey That you can get what you want Or you can just get old You're gonna kick off Before you even get halfway through Ooh, and will you realize Vienna waits for you Slow down, you're doing fine You 
can't be everything you wanna be before your time Although it's so romantic on the borderline tonight Tonight Too bad, but it's the life you lead You're so ahead of yourself that you forgot what you need Though you can see when you're wrong You know you can't always see when you're right You're right You got your passion, you got your pride But don't you know that only fools are satisfied Dream on, but don't imagine they'll all come true When will you realize Vienna waits for you? Slow down, you crazy child And take the phone off the hook Disappear for a while It's all right You can't afford to lose a day or two Ooh. When will you realize Vienna waits for you And you know that when the truth is told That you can get what you want Or you can just get old You're gonna kick off before you Don't you realize Vienna waits for you When will you realize Vienna waits for you